Hello and welcome to episode two of The Bearcast with me, your host, The Bear. Um, so, the the last podcast we did with my beautiful wife, Amy, seemed to go down an absolute storm. And, you know, not one for bucking a trend. I thought I would produce another one this week. And it, it's going to be a solo effort. Um and I've got a couple of little bits that I've got on the computer, so I don't know how good or how 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 nice it's going to sound, but I've got a lot of noise reduction because, unfortunately, the place I really stick my box, my, my soundproof box, is on the desk at the moment with the computer, so there is some rumblings in that. But I've got a noise reduction on there, and we'll see if that works. It might make my voice sound a bit funny, but either way, we'll get through it. So today's episode is... It's a weird one, really. Um, it's sort of um, a setting, if you will, uh, for what we're going to talk about moving forward. And I believe um, it, it is sort of what my my sort of... I firmly believe that if you're going to make something that other people... Or you want other people to be passionate about, you should be passionate about it yourself. And, you know, I could talk about sailing, although I haven't done it for ages. I love sailing, it's passionate about that. I could talk about rugby, oh, I could talk about rugby all day long. Um, but, you know, it, uh, uh, that's, that may be something to, to talk about in the future, but there's hundreds of people talk about that. Some, you know, I'm passionate about people's society, what makes us tick, I suppose. I'm really curious about learning about how to engage with people. And I think that's what that has come from thinking I knew people and then not realising I, I really don't. You know, I knew a t- certain type of people. So I think what I'm going to do is, is my... Pack, now, those of you who've come to the, the Bay Veteran podcast via the fitness and health and things like that you'll know that i'm not super passionate about health and fitness but i have had a resurgence for that recently uh, with my own feelings i'm sure that will pop up every now and again in the podcast but we're going to talk about the podcast itself is going to talk about everything in between about being a veteran Obviously, easy for me to talk about, and the and the strains and stresses and, and, and mental stuff that that, that that you deal with that from any of the emergency services. As I, as we'd already started with, with my wife, and we'll have plenty more episodes with that and with other fellow uh, uh, veterans uh, of all the services. I'll try and get some of them to come in and have a chat with me and we'll have a fun hour or two. However. The other thing I, I, I've, I've grown a passion for is education. And I think from where I sit in this crazy world and niches is veterans who move into that education. Um, now, I wanted to bear with me on this one because... Anyone can take their life experiences and guide and nurture anyone else. 
that happens, whether you like it or not, because other people are looking for ways to learn, constantly learning, assessing and adapting. And that's what learning fundamentally is, surely. And if you do something in a particular manner, other people will mimic that, copy that, or, or can mimic that and copy that, or, or learn from those experiences that you're portraying or, or doing. Our actions, if we do something in particular, other people may see that and it will influence them. And, you know, and I am being vague, I, I appreciate that. But that in itself, oh, I, I, you know, I... And, you know, I'm, I'm not one for, for massives, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this while you're really trying to get used to it. Um, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, everyone, at some point in their time, in their life, will be of a, in a position of um, influencing another person's learning. Whether that's formally through an educational sector or not, you will be in a position, whether you're an uncle, auntie, mother, father, um, grandparent, peer, uh, supportive person, carer, whatever it is, whatever position you are, you will, your, your actions, your your portrayal of, of your role in society or, or the family hierarchy, that will lead to the development and understanding and application of of people who are younger and influenced by that you are as a person influenced and influencing other people all the time whether you see it agree with it or, or not and that's why it's so big and so so huge. It's a huge subject because we can go down so many roads. And I think that's why I, I, I want to discuss this topic more than anything. And, you know, cards on a table. I ain't no psychologist. I ain't no... I ain't no science person. You can tell, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm putting that language on myself. I ain't no. I ain't good England. So... <laughs> Uh, and I can only blame it on being Welsh for so long. But, yeah. I think that's where our cast is going to go, people. So please join me, Bearcasters. Um, uh, and keep listening to me, because I'm going to go with the theory of both being a veteran and an educator. And I think it's important, because it, it is a bit of a niche. But I'm going to combine those two. Uh, and sometimes I'll go down the educated road. And sometimes I'll go down the, the veteran road. And we'll discuss them as they go. And, and you know, I don't know, maybe I'll find a system to identify the two. But there was a there was a thing not so long ago where they were, they were looking for increasing the numbers of teachers in the, in the classrooms and what have you. And they were saying that... Um, ex-service personnel had qualities that would be invaluable in the in the teaching environment. And obviously with a little bit of training or with some extra training, you could go from squaddy to classroom. I can't remember what it was. Something like that. It was a, it was a fairly uh, nice all-round quote for it. Uh, 
and you know I can think of quite a few soldiers and, and ex-service people who would be I suppose brilliant in the classroom but there are equally many many soldiers who would, who would not and you know I, it would be remiss of me not to say that I have also struggled quite heavily in adapting and changing to the classroom environment. I'm in my, I'm going into my third year now, and I've had some great successes. But I, I, I in in you know, in all honesty, I think there are some missed opportunities within that as well, and we're maybe one or two things could could have turned out differently. I'm not saying that as in like I'm admitting that I've let someone down or anything like that. Um, but maybe with a slight change here and a slight change there, I might have been able to engage someone, a, a, a pupil or a learner a little bit more. Maybe the, the, the engagement wasn't necessarily with the, with the, the learners but maybe the collaboration opportunities amongst departments or uh, with fellow colleagues um and so i think with education and with being a veteran you, you there are qualities there that will allow you to succeed you'll have an enormous amount of resilience you'll have an ability to act under pressure um funny enough one of my colleagues turned around to me the other day and said nothing seems to phase you nothing you don't seem to get nervous or worried at the beginning of the year and you know and it's true and i was thinking to myself well why would i and that got me thinking, well, why would I be nervous about it? I've done my planning, I've done my prep, and, you know, contrary to, to popular belief, I have planned. Um, and I have prepped items ready to go. And it's, it's one of those where I've done that, I'm happy. Uh, all I need to do now is see the young minds that I, I'm moulding. And the, the beauty of it is I, I know the subject material because I've lived it. And I think that's one of the, the huge things about being a veteran and, and then going into education is you do plan. And one of the key things I found is being a veteran, you plan for almost every eventuality because you're expecting to wait. You're expecting to sort of things to blow up. You expect, you know, even from patrolling skills, when you're thinking about orders, you're talking about losing people. I think of, of every patrol I've ever had, no one ever got lost. <laughs> we never actually lost anyone on a patrol, but still in the orders every time. What happens if action is on? Losing someone, they got to walk back. You know, all those sort of bits. You know, action is on, being contacted from the front and contacted from the left. Well, those happen every now and again, but you don't need. Anyway. So. You learn to just have in the back of your mind those thought processes of what ifs, what ifs, and they become inherent and second nature. And within education, because people are so diverse and because learners will come at you with all manner of different things, you relax and you just take what's, what's put in front of you. And it can be anything, but in your head, You've almost always got some sort of 
thought or theory behind them. And that's great when you're dealing with other people, when you're dealing with other things, because there is that element of it's not happening to you, it's happening to others. And I noticed this, because within education, it's it's key to be able to understand, to empathise with learner problems sometimes. We could go down the whole road of Maslow's hierarchy of need. <laughs> Again, psychology and all that type of stuff. You can tell I've just finished my level five. So you can go down that road all day long and, and talk about those different bits and pieces. But I'm just going to try and keep it simple, plain on this one. I don't mean to be rude. So I'm going to try and keep it plain a little bit on, on this one. Um, I'm not going into too much detail on those bits and pieces. But from an educational standpoint, you, your learners aren't going to be ready to learn and all that sort of stuff unless they feel supported and they're in the right headspace and all that type of stuff. So they will need to express their issues and their problems. And as a veteran who's used to sort of dealing with those bits and pieces, not necessarily those issues and problems, but used to having fastballs, as we call them, or issues just suddenly crop up and you just gone on and dealt with it. That's, that always became easy and second nature almost inherently to you so when we turn to education and someone says you're you're never worried well what am i worried for i can't guess what everyone's going to be having so i'm just expecting the whole world to go a little bit wrong if i'm honest but in terms of the planning the bits that i can control i've planned i'm sat i'm ready and it's ready to go the stuff that I can't control. What's the point in worrying about it? I'll deal with it when it comes. When it raises head, I will deal with it. So there's that calm and there's that collectiveness that veterans in every inherently have. We don't walk into a into a we don't walk into a patrol or to a firefight thinking, well, what if the enemy fire a rocket? propel grenade at me what happens if they drop a grenade in here what happens in the back of our heads we're thinking all right we know how to do we know how to deal with that we've had the training but we don't let it get the better of us we just wait and see what happens and, and that's kind of what we do within education as well i'm not saying we throw rpgs around or grenade launchers everywhere but we fight we firefight those those situations when they when they arise and we don't let it phase us. If anything, if we work out, if we do that and act in that manner, as a as a veteran would, then surely we could instill a bit of confidence in the learner. Surely that would have that effect of, do you know what, this guy's supportive, this person is able to deal. I feel like I can talk to them about things because they won't judge me, they won't they won't do this, they won't do that, they, they'll just help and support me through it. Now, that's my understanding of it. Just work the problem. Now, from an educational point of view, 
seems to be one of the things. Now, the, the other beauty of this is that we can deal with it almost any. If someone's getting riled up, we don't let that phase us either. We don't, we don't allow ourselves to be phased by people getting angsty or up in our face. That, that doesn't, we're not worried about that. As I know, some of my colleagues have had to face an almost, an almost violent air or direct threats in some cases from learners who are upset, scared, annoyed, anxious. And, and that's not uncommon in education. It can be sometimes a tinderbox for those emotions to run high. And therein lies a veteran strength as well. I'm not saying if they come straight out and there's a couple of issues there that they that it would necessarily be the easiest thing to deal with. But, again, veterans don't usually get phased by other people's emotions. It's a situation in which we, you know, are used to dealing with. And I've had the opportunity and experience to deal with people who are generally life-threatening towards us and bring a situation, de-escalate the situation. So therefore the resilience of a veteran, I feel sometimes is absolutely key and beneficial to someone who would be going into education. I don't consider myself an excellent teacher in any way, shape or form, but I do have strengths and I recognise those strengths. You know, the, the ability to establish a rule baseline and see it through uh, as a sort of strength. And I'm... Uh, I mean, I am a big guy. Those that know me, know me. Uh, I'm a, a big guy, not, not necessarily a height, but just general stature. And for those who watch my YouTube channel, know that I'm also in a bit of girth as well. However, as a veteran, as an educator, of two years' experience going on three, I can hand on heart tell you that I do worry, I do panic about lots of things within education, but my ability to maintain behaviour within one classroom is not one of them. Behaviour management in a classroom is not one of them. And I think that that is a key aspect to set in an environment, a learning environment, in which learners will thrive. Because even your most disruptive ones can feel safe in that environment. Your shy ones can feel safe in that environment. And you'll feel safe in that environment as the person at the front as well. In terms of education and, and just you know, being a person, it's a fantastic opportunity to share a passion in your life and your, your understanding of a career of which you've had, or the skills in which you have, and keep them alive. Here's a thing for you, and here's a thing for me. I left the army... I walked away from it completely. Uh, I, you know, I went down a completely different road. I wanted to be a, a photographer. Um, 
and it didn't work out. And so then I was looking for something else. I was looking for something else. Did a couple of jobs. Ended up being a, a caretaker. And whilst I was in that education, because I, you know, I, I liked a bit of DIY and doing things like that. And as whilst I was there uh, doing that, I was involved in that educational establishment. And it was there that I wanted, and I saw some classes going on, some drama classes and things like that. Um, and I, you know, had the opportunity to speak to a couple of the more um, what? How can I? How can I put this? Yeah, I had an opportunity to engage with uh, the more characterful of learners from that educational establishment and it was funny talking to them but almost every time after talking to them to four or five minutes calming them down in some cases or engaging them trying to work out what they wanted or what have you there was always that but you're only you're only a caretaker what do you know and I heard because of a whatever reason, it, 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 it meant, right, okay, so they're clearly seeing a, a role or something, they're, they're not going to take it. So I wanted to thought to myself, well, they, they clearly understand what I'm saying, but then as soon as they get to a point where they want to believe or listen to what I'm saying, they're dismissing it because of where the message has come from. So... As a, as a veteran and someone who was in that sort of educational environment, I thought to myself, actually, what do I need to do to become a teacher, a molder, an educator of minds? I suddenly realised, actually, there's, there's a lot that can be done here. I have a message still. Have a, a have a have a use, potentially, a big use to help some people. So I... I I looked to my local college, and with the help of my wife, um, we explored avenues for getting involved in education, and an opportunity arose to uh, deliver education for the public services department. And it was at that point that I realised, actually, I should embrace my my history, my career, that I spent you know, almost 12 years learning and developing and being sort of a top soldier or getting there at least as good as I could be in the sort of areas and knowledge that I held. I like to think that I had the respect and, uh, of those around me. And so from there, I moved and started learning about teaching. And I realised that actually I was quite akin to that. Growing up in the, in, in the army and maturing in the army, you realise that, you know, and as I'm sure it is with all the services, that once you learn something, you're then disseminating it down. And it's that constant move of, of information, that constant sharing of information. And if you wanted to do something or a particular task or a role, you had to learn it. You had to go out of your way to learn it. If you wanted to be a sniper, you had to go and volunteer to go on a sniper's course. If you wanted to be in the mortars, you had to volunteer to go to the mortars and learn the, 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 the roles and, and responsibilities of that 
particular job. If you wanted to go on in leadership, you had to do. So otherwise, you just stayed yourself as a as a private. And there were many that did that as well. Progression is not guaranteed. You have to want to learn. So there's almost a desire, a desire, a desire to to do that. And when you come out, you think you say, "What? What are you doing? Why, why are you not?" Why, why does this not make sense to you? Why does life not make sense to you? <sighs> to other people. And with us as veterans, I think it's that desire to learn and push ourselves forward and understand that and where we fit in is hugely beneficial as a, as a knowledge and a skill set to pass on. So, we've got skills that can enhance and and produce excellent classroom behaviour management. We've got skills that will hopefully inspire independent learning, ind- independent growth, that desire to, to progress and push forward. And I'll, and I'll use an example. I had a learner on my course just finished who had been saying he wanted to join the army for quite some time every time I asked him have you done it yet? no I haven't done it yet alright well let me know when you've done it let me know when you've signed on that Dean didn't have done anything not even just press the button that says I want to join the army anyway one day I sat down with him and said why haven't you done it yet? he goes no I just haven't got around to it right do it now what? Do it now. Press the button. You've been talking about going in the army forever. You always say that. Everything piece of work you do that's about career, you're talking about in the army. So press the button. At least they'll just send you information. You haven't signed up. Your life's not gone. And he pressed it. It was like a weight had lifted off his shoulder. He was quite buoyant. And he got a date for his interview. And then unfortunately COVID struck and what have you. So he'd, I think he'd been doing some of it remotely. Uh, and the last time I checked, he's waiting now to to get that date for his selection. Obviously, it's the process we got on. But sometimes you just need to, you know, that, that opportunity will come on. Push yourself. Take yourself out of that comfort zone. I'll walk it with you. And we push you out of that comfort zone. That is something that, again, the veterans have. We do like to push people out of their comfort zone, but we stick with them while we're doing it. We walk with them. Think of all the, even the the bravado activities that take place in a pub or or where alcohol is centred or where laddish culture might have ensued. But either way, we always push people out of their comfort zone. Oh, come on, do this. But we would never leave them alone. We always make sure that they're looked after. And we push people, and we celebrated with their, with their, um, with their victories, and we celebrated their achievements. And do you know what? We laughed with them, and and felt for them, and felt with them when it when it fell fat flat. And we get there in education. The final point I want to make is this: it is remarkable how, as a veteran. As a person who will admittedly tell you that I have hurt 
and suffered at the hands of things like mental health because I've not necessarily known how to deal with it. Yet when faced with other people, I passionately and vehemently try to sort and source the help and assistance that's required. I am the biggest advocate for shouting out and getting that help. Get out there, get it sorted. Yet I don't practice that. I preach freedom of expression of voice and, and sound and, and making sure that your voice is heard. If you're hurting, tell everyone. As much help as you can and as you require. Yet my own problems, I will quietly lock away. Interesting. An interesting thought process. There, that my head's just gone down again. So this has been a rambling for almost 28 minutes. <laughs> And I hope it sets me up because I'm going to, because I, I want to talk. There are some great things coming up on, in education. The whole conversation is about, um, is digital learning going to be okay? Are we going to be all right as digital learners going forward? Within, uh, I myself have just been awarded a uh, uh, MIEE award, uh, uh, acknowledgement from Microsoft as a Microsoft Innovative uh, Education, no, Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert. Um, and I, I, I got to be honest, I, I love the things that Microsoft have in hand as, as a complete suite in order to help education deliver remotely, digitally, flipped, blended, whatever you want to use. Even if it's just all classroom-based and face-to-face, it still has a, a multitude, a plethora of tools available to support you. I also love talking about, and I love talking about mental health, veterans, victims of society. I love discussing social aspects of things, but I ain't no philosopher. And I get it wrong every time. Amy will look at me with such shocked eyes sometimes when I I think, but surely it's this. And and she'll just look at me as if to say, what are you talking about? You are on another planet. And then she'll explain to me <laughs> why my theory, my my theories or my sounds sound a bit warped. And uh, yeah, I'll understand then a little bit better. I'm not the finished article. This is not the finished podcast in any way, shape, or form. But it's another episode. Um. And I'm going to make them weekly where possible. And yeah, it's hopefully it'll give you something to listen to either when you're running or at night. And I might have some backing music at some point put on it or something just in the background. Or, But ideally what I need is people who will happily chat with me for an hour. Or, you know, just sit and chat with me. So this is a big call out. It's only my second episode and I'm already putting a call out to... Any of my educator friends, any of my uh, friends in the forces, we can just chat and I don't have to record it all. I can record bits of it and what have you, or I'll record it all and then cut half of it out or whatever. I, I don't, I, I'm just looking for someone who will sit and have a chat with me really. 
and it can be anyone. So, and we'll chat about anything. I'm more than happy to chat about anything. It doesn't have to be educational vet or being a veteran and mental health based. It could be anything. I would love to sit and chat because I do like chatting and just talking. I, I was watching something the other day about space and the size of the universe or the shape of the universe and the what's the difference between the observable universe and the actual universe. Oh, I will talk about anything with anyone. It's crazy. I want to learn as much as you guys want to listen. Thank you for joining me this evening. Um, there's been a bit of a pause between um, my YouTube videos, so probably Bearcast might get a little bit more attention rather than YouTube videos, only because it's getting darker when I'm doing the actual running, so it makes sense for podcasts to come out a little bit. But thank you. Thank you for listening. I incredibly appreciate it so much. It's not a big one because obviously if it's just me, there's only point, no point in doing more than half hour. And obviously if it's I have guests, then we'll be able to talk for longer. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining me for this half hour. It means a lot. I'll speak to you soon. Bye now.